Thank you for joining me today, Robin. I am so excited to chat with you a bit. Um, my name is Deb, first of all. I am the owner, mentor, and chaos coordinator at FemPro Business Society. And Robin, I'm going to have you go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, thank you, Deb, for having me. It's really fun to be here with you and chat with you this morning. So I'm Robin Goebel. And I am a social worker turned therapist turned teacher and educator and speaker and writer. And I live over here outside Grand Rapids, Michigan. So not too far from you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we just moved out to Hudsonville. So we're out in the area again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Robin, can you tell us a little bit more about your business? Yes. So my business has gone through several shifts and changes like over the course of my business, but I had a full-time like mental health outpatient psychotherapy practice when we lived in Austin, Texas. So I worked full-time and saw clients for therapy, you know, 20, 25 clients a week. And a couple years ago now, it's hard to imagine how time goes by so fast, but a couple years ago, my husband and I just sort of realized we were pretty stuck in Austin if I didn't do something a little bit different with the way that my business operated, because you can't just pick up a like one-on-one -on -one in-person client business and move to another city if you wanted to. <laughs> and at the time, we weren't really even interested in moving. It just became this awareness. It's like, oh, whoa, like, should we ever want to? I'm going to need to have a new business model. Um, so I started at the time really growing the work that I did outside the therapy room. So I started doing more teaching. I started doing more training. Um, and I did kind of a hybrid of online and um, in person. So traveling for conferences and events so that by the time we did decide we wanted to leave Austin and we came here, I grew up here. So we came here about a year and a half ago. Um, I had this other kind of leg of my business that could sustain us financially through the relocation because I had become location independent um, in the work that I was doing. So then when we moved here, I put myself in the therapy world. We call it clinical sabbatical. I put myself on clinical sabbatical and decided, I know, decided to just take a little bit of time off from seeing clients um, and really focus on teaching and training and traveling. And I was traveling a ton, like probably 80% of my income was coming from traveling for, to teach workshops and events okay. and speak at conferences. So it's probably pretty obvious where that story is going <laughs> because I did, I was traveling. I traveled on March 11th through the 13th. And even on the morning of March 11th, it was already, I was worried about being able to get home because I had to fly away to a different state and just the way like things were happening so fast and so furious with COVID news um, that I was concerned that I could get, I could arrive somewhere and then have a really difficult time 
getting home. Um, and in a way I did actually, I had to reroute and do a bunch of things. It ended up being no problem. I got home, no problem, but it was on that trip, like in the airplane to Virginia, I just opened up my laptop and started making plans because it felt like the writing was on the wall. Like I had a year's of income and a year's business like planned out. It was only March <laughs> and the vast majority of it involved getting on airplanes and speaking at in-person workshops and events. <laughs> so, Right. And then, yeah. so you're at the beginning of the year when you have yep. this whole year planned out Yep. and yeah, you're right. It's that total writing on the wall where it's like, I need to look forward and make a plan. Um, but you ended up being right. Like it, that, yes. that feeling, it's good that you ran with it. Uh, because obviously the beginning of this year, the events world completely came crashing down. Um, like I work also work in events and I know yeah. how much of a transition that was and no one really knew what they were doing. We were nope. all just kind of moving forward and being like, I'm going to do what, what I feel is best to do. So Robin, I'm going to go ahead and just dive right into this topic here. Yeah. Um, so this pandemic, this pandemic has completely shaken all of us. Like yeah. we've never experienced this before. In the beginning, we didn't really know what to do. So do we just chill and wait it out or do we pivot? Um, and I know for you yeah. that you decided to do that pivot in your business. And I would love to hear how you approach that. I mean, there's a, there's a way where you look back and you're like, you approach it in a like way of, uh, there's no other choice here. <laughs> like, you're like, just like looking at something and like, holy cow, like I have to, I have to do something. So I, I probably approach it like I approach most things just like head on with like a lot of grit and a lot of tenacity and a lot of like, we've got to figure this out. I am the income earner in our family. And so as a self-employed person who was traveling around the country, like I had to figure something out and I had to do it fast. So I sat down and got practical at first. Like I made lists of what, what was I going to teach in person that I could teach virtually instead? And luckily I had experience teaching virtually. So the platforms and the technology and like figuring a lot of that stuff out, I didn't have that as an additional stressor like a lot of people did. Um, but there are some unique, there's some unique pieces to having an online business where you're marketing basically to everyone versus I had these very location dependent events. So I was, you know, marketing something in a very, in a, in a location and then maybe marketing that same event in another location. And so I had to figure out what my, what my particular market could even bear, right? Like if I have a training or a workshop that I teach, I can't teach it once a month in different cities if I'm marketing it to the whole world, right? So how often can I teach things? How big can the events get? Um, are people even going to have time or money or brain space to like keep doing it? the things that I was already doing, but just transitioning to virtual, right? So there was all these 
unknowns um, about yeah how I was gonna take all of that and do it in a way without ever leaving my house. Um, and if you don't mind me asking, did you also have to sit down and figure out like financially what you absolutely had to make? Oh yeah. And then plan on, okay, how many, you know, events do I need to virtually host this month? How many, you know, I believe you have courses, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Like how many courses do I need to sell to make sure that we're still, you know, paying our bills and making ends meet? Absolutely. Yes. Like we had to sit down, my husband and my husband and I sat down and we had like a big, like business family planning of here's how much income I, I was projected to make. Um, here's how much income we need to make in order to stay afloat. And I'm not sure how much I can generate in a different capacity. Like, I'm not sure. Again, it was like, are people even going to want to do this work online? Are people going to want to show up for online trainings? Are people going to have the money to pay for this stuff? Um, and at the time I didn't have a digital course, like a, um, a fully online self-paced digital course. I didn't have one. So that was top of my list was how do I take the content that I have and package it in a way that is accessible to the people who need it and like works for me and my business model. So then I had to learn about how do I make a digital course <laughs> and how do I market one and how do I sell one? And oh my gosh, going to work because if it doesn't work, well, then what do we, then what do we do? So yeah, it was a lot of crossing our fingers and just jumping in in a way because I didn't have a ton of choice. Like my backup plan would have been to start seeing clients online again. That's what therapists are doing right now. They're seeing clients online, but um, I was reluctant to do that for two reasons. One is starting to see a client is a potential very long-term commitment. And I didn't want to make like a knee-jerk reaction to starting to see therapy clients again um, until I was certain I was ready to make like a long-term commitment to someone and not just doing it because I needed, you know, to generate income. Um, but I also see a lot of therapists for consultation and I run some therapist consultation groups and the mental health workers have had, um, very, very, very hard time with the pandemic navigating their own stress along with like their jobs being to support everybody else oh my god i can imagine yes it's been and it's it's been devastating actually and so part of my job was and, and continues to be supporting them and i knew that i would be more capable and competent at doing that if i wasn't also like in the trenches seeing you know 20 clients a week um, so yeah, lots of fingers crossing, but also not, you know, like, like you said, spreadsheets and numbers and projections and okay, if I do this, this happens and this happens and this happens. Right. So do you feel like some of it is just going yeah. based off faith where, you know, your industry, yep. but you're also having to market to them in a different way and not really knowing their, 
you know, common reactions because no one really knew how to react to the, um, and having to just talk to them in a different way. So then do you sometimes think that a pivot means a lot of upfront work? Cause like you were saying that you had this content for the classes, but then you had to learn how to create that into a course and then market that course. Well, I mean, when you say upfront work, it's like, well, I, I, we didn't really have time. I mean, I didn't have time to sit down and make this beautiful strategic plan. And, you know, it was, how do I do what I have with what I've got? Um, and then, I mean, all the way down to, we have, we can't go out and buy things. So I had to figure out how to take what we have in our house. And cause not only could we not go out in public, but you really couldn't even act like things were sold out everywhere. Right. Including so paper. <laughs> yes, toilet paper, but you know what? It was sold out for a really long time webcams and oh, yeah. I switched to a new laptop and the laptop web, the webcam and that laptop was not acceptable. And it took us forever to get a really high quality webcam. So just weird things like that. So did it require a lot of upfront? I mean, it required a lot of constant, for me, constant just thinking, constant like looking at the different pieces. How do these pieces fit together? You know, if I put these things together, then then this is gonna happen. I mean, I think in an ideal world, you know, a pivot doesn't happen on the cusp of a total crisis where you're just like, oh my gosh, we have to figure this out, right? Um, and it would involve some more <laughs> thoughtful, strategic putting things into motion. Um, but yeah, at the same time, you know, I think it's certainly been my experience and probably a lot of other people's experience too, that sometimes really cool things come out of just like jumping in feet first because you don't have a whole lot of other choices. True. Which actually, now that I'm thinking back, even at the beginning of our conversation, like you mentioned another pivot where it was, you were, you know, in this space where you were meeting one-on-one and then you started going into more of the event space. Right. And that was very deliberate. Like I did that with a lot of deliberateness, a lot of intentionality and slowly, right? Like I spent time really building this other sustainable thing. Um, I didn't really have that. I mean, none of us, right. Had that luxury, um, this go around, but probably, you know, I I don't know if I thought about this before. The fact that I had pivoted before probably gave me a lot of confidence, right. That it's like, all right, I can do this. Like we got to do what we got to do. Let's, let's go. And if it doesn't work, we'll try something else. Absolutely. Which is why I love that we're having this conversation with you because you have experience in the pivot world. And I know when we first began this whole, you know, crisis in the beginning of the year, we were hearing this word pivot and we're like, I don't really know what that means. I don't know what that's going to look like. Oh my goodness. Like, especially for the event world, I would say, like, how are we going to do this virtually? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, um, we're certainly in this for the long haul at this point, which I was pretty convinced we were going to be in it for the long haul, like way back in January, June. So I've been 
really thinking about it through that lens, but definitely, you know, we're in a place of confirmation about that where we are not, like I'm not scheduling events anytime in the near future. And we've moved out of like crisis scrambling. What do we do to like get through this into a new stage of like, okay, this is how life is right now. So we are, we're not just getting through it until we get back to normal. You know, we're creating kind of a new way of being in the world right now. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. I'm just continuing. I, I plan to work in this way for at least throughout at least 2021. I'm not making any plans to do anything Same different. Here. <laughs> Yep. So with us going into this like cold and flu season, we know that we're all back inside and our numbers are rising. What would you suggest for the business owners and the leaders that are already burnt out from the first pivot and they're having to transition, you know, maybe another pivot going into the season again? Like what would you suggest for them to do? Yeah. So this is where I get to put my therapist hat on. So that's kind of fun. And we can merge these together because really the, I think the most important thing for people to do is be, you know, find the, find the space in between being like really honest about what's happening right now and how crummy it is. Right. And like, this isn't what we wanted. This isn't what we planned. This is awful. You know, we're lonely, we're exhausted Um, there's a lot of power in spending time connecting to the truth. This is not what we want to be doing. And we are tired and burned out and extremely stressed. Um, And we're, it's not just us who are stressed, like everybody's stressed. So like going to the store is stressful. I mean, everything (laughs) is stressful because stressful people aren't always on their very best behavior. (laughs) Stressed out people aren't always on their very best behavior. And so like, everything is just so stressful right now. Um, so just being with that truth, acknowledging it, this is hard. This is crummy. This isn't what I wanted to do. This is really, really, really super hard. And probably for a lot of people, it involves some grief work, right? This is not yeah, a lot of uh, small business owners. We had plans, <laughs> right? Oh yeah. We had like business growth plans or at least business sustaining plans. We had dreams. We had hopes. I mean, that's what small business owners do, right? Is like, think about what's next and then what's next and what's next. And this is not what was next at all. No, I do have to say what is very ironic is that in January of 2020, we sat down as a team and our focus for this year was an economic struggle. Yeah. But that was our whole game plan going through the year, not having any idea what was coming. Right. And so a little bit, I was like, okay, good. We can at least as, you know, Fem Pro Business Society, try to help these business owners in some way. Yeah. Because Yeah, I mean... Yeah, no kidding. So there's kind of both. It's like, uh, thank goodness we were thinking about the possibility. And then, but here, like the reality of something and imagining the possibility of it are not always super close to each other. <laughs> so, yeah. like in this hypothetical world, we can plan 
And right. then, oh, wait, we have to do that now. And we have to like do it in a hurry because we still have like bills that we have to pay. Right. And we're not in the, just the middle of an economic crisis, right? Like many of us are in the middle of like a health and safety crisis. Yeah. Um, right. Like we're either, especially as numbers are rising, more and more people are knowing people who are sick. I work with people nationally. So I've known a lot of people already who are like in the thing, thick of a very, again, more than just an economic crisis, like a very real health and safety crisis, people who live with people who are immune compromised and at high risk and, um, and then managing the fact that all of us are handling the pandemic differently. And I'm watching that impact people's relationships, right? As people aren't on the same page and being judgmental, um, with one another. And so there's all these other ways that we're being impacted beyond just having like a low year in our business or an economic crisis. And so we're, we don't have as, we don't have as deep of capacity to deal with the stress because we're so stressed, like totally. Um, So yeah, I think it's just really important to acknowledge it, be really honest with ourselves. My most favorite tool in the whole world is self-compassion. And I just just teach about self-compassion endlessly and the neurobiology of self-compassion and what it does for our health and our immune system and our ability to tolerate stress and all of these things. Um, And so do all of those things and then get back to work. And get, you know, yeah. what I what I have noticed, and I bet you have too, is it's forcing people to get really clear about what their um, priorities are and what their ideals are and where they want to invest their time and their energy. Um, Absolutely. And I think that it's been a really good year for people to set boundaries, not yep. only with other people, but even with their own work. Because yep. I know right before this happened and we were, you know, stuck inside and working from home. Like we were so work, 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 Yep. barely looking up. And this has yep. definitely forced us to stop. You're right. To reconsider things. So maybe like there is good that's going to come out of all this. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I'm a person who really doesn't love and, you know, like, oh, at a crisis, something good comes out of it. But the reality is things can, always are shifting and moving right? That eventually something is going to shift and change. And it's very possible that it's going to be something positive because that's just how things work in the energy field and the universe. And, and I know that that's been true for me, like having to really prioritize and really get very clear about where do I want to spend my time and my energy, what's the best, you know, for my business, what's the best for my family, um, and making choices based on that information in a little bit different way, you know, than we were before this happened. Absolutely. So lastly, I want to ask you, with your pivots, were there any systems that you've implemented that you absolutely love that you feel like kind of made the transition feel easier? 
Well, I've definitely see systems. I'm not the world's greatest systems person in general. I'm trying to get better at that. So maybe that's it. Like I'm trying to get better at systems. Um, without a doubt, like there's just been like the pandemic has forced me to get a lot more organized about what I'm doing. And so even using like biz, like online task managers and, you know, keeping track of what what do I have to do and getting a lot more clear about my like how I'm spending every hour of every day like really getting because it's pretty easy to just like stress scroll the internet all day long when you're in the middle of a pandemic but um that, but TikTok is so famous right now yeah yeah ultimately that's not super great for your bottom line and and plus we're all just sitting in front of the computer at least a lot of people I know are sitting in front of the computer way more than ever oh right so like all these online distractions that are at our fingertips and just really coming up with some ways to avoid all that and stay focused um do you have any yeah. suggestions on how to do that like how to just clean out all the noise so that you can focus well i'm not the best person to ask that but i've i mean i've taken i don't have a facebook app on my phone anymore you know so anything oh, that causes you to just have a little extra pause before just like mindlessly clicking on something so even as simple of things as like closing the browser and not having the tabs always open so that in order to go back to that page, you have to really click on it. So all it does is just have a moment of like an extra moment of pause before you're once again, like mindlessly, you know, scrolling on things, having certain hours of every day, like during these hours, you know, cause we use, I, at least I do, and I'm sure you do too. I use social media for my business. Yeah. So I can't just like not go on social media, <laughs> right? So trying to have really clear boundaries around that and only doing this and not just scrolling in the newsfeed. Um, I've gotten really good at using my Asana list. You know, I use Asana as like my project manager app. And so I just stay really focused. Um, just stay really focused on that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Um, I have loved being able to talk to you a little bit about the pandemic and pivoting. Um, so just thank you. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Deb, thanks for having me. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.